0: Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. It was clear to see that they were doing a lot of experimenting, particularly with Lewis running a much smaller rear wing. And really, he was a rocket ship down the straight.
1: It was a sunny weekend in Barcelona for fans of the Mercedes F1 team as the Brackley based unit secured their first double podium of the season with their revised W14 car. But just how much encouragement should we take from the strong race pace of the W14B? Were any of the games track and condition specific? And where do the team go from here as they continue to hunt down Red Bull? Join me, Valve Baines, on this episode of the Silver Arrows podcast as we discuss all the main talking points from the Spanish Grand Prix. And to help us do all of that is our in-house F1 fanatic and lead engineer in the F1 space, Tom Fletcher. Tom, you're part of the furniture here at the Silver Arrows podcast. It's always good to see your face and it's always good to hear your voice.
0: Yeah, it's a pleasure. Uh, Thank you for for having me on again.
1: So let's kick things off with practice. It ended up being a very strong weekend for Mercedes, but it wasn't a very rosy picture at the end of Friday practice with both Mercedes drivers considerably off the pace, Tom.
0: Yeah, I think this really was down to maybe a bit of track conditions alongside not fully understanding the, maybe the package that they they had brought along. I think it was it, it was clear to see that they were doing a, a lot of experimenting, particularly with Lewis running a a much smaller rear rear wing, and really he was he was a rocket ship down the straight. But I, I think he's he's chosen to do that to to protect the the front axle. Is um, George is sort of running a more a more neutral car, chopping and changing things around, and making a few changes overnight into Saturday with um, Schumacher blown back, I think, to run the sim overnight to, to really get a handle on, on what they should do in, in the morning.
1: You mentioned the, the front axle there, Tom. You mentioned it in last week's episode as well. So why is that front axle so important for Hamilton? It's not, not so much
0: for Hamilton in this case. So, so Barcelona is front limited circuit. So what, what I mean by that is uh, it's very, very easy to get confused with oversteer and understeer when you're talking about front or rear limited. It's Basically, it's all to do with the, the, the style of corner. Um, how how big the radius of the corner is, how fast the corner is, and not to get confused with understeer and oversteer. What it what you should be doing is looking more at the tire stress. So with with a large radius, high speed corner, you're putting more energy into the front wheels because your front tires because you've got a lot of steering lock on for a, a long duration of time, uh, really heating up the the front axle. That said, Lewis tends to drive anyway with a a quite pointy car. So that on top of the fact of it being a a front limited circuit meant that Lewis had gone on the hunt to get that extra bike from the front end.
1: So moving on to to Quali, after a rainy FP3 and at the end of Friday, Lewis discussed his concerns that he may not make it out of Q2. But on Saturday, it was actually George that seemed to have the most trouble. So, Tom, what do you think he was struggling with in that qualifying session?
0: Yeah, it's a tricky question. I think from, from looking at the data I have, going back to the practice, obviously seeing that Russell was quicker using using a slightly bigger wing, rear wing. So Lewis has adopted that going forward into FP3 um, and finding good pace on that. One thing I did notice is he's uh, maybe using a bit more front wing than George did. So, I should explain that with, with these regulations that, and the, the shape and profile of the rear wing, this means that you can't uh, you can't change the angle of attack of of the rear wing. So all of the aero balance is done on the front. Lewis opting for a bit more front wing by the looks of the, the straight line speeds. He's a couple of kilometers an hour down on, on George uh, with the same rear wing. So you'd have to assume that, you know, they've got to crank the front up a little bit. I think, that's combined with Lewis's natural ability on the brakes has has really helped him throughout the quality runs. I don't think necessarily that that George has been struggling with the updates. I think it's more of a, a fact that he just lacked confidence in in that condition that played, um, opened opened itself during uh, during that time. Probably also should mention his, his confidence. You could see it was it was sort of lacking because in, in turn nine, which is normally for Lewis completely flat, he was completely flat out. Um, no, no hesitation on throttle at all. Whereas George was having a little confidence lift on the way in, although it didn't, it wasn't losing him too much time. It was just showing that you know he hasn't hasn't quite got the confidence in the car.
1: So, so where do you think that confidence came from, then, Tom?
0: It's very difficult to tell. It's just a case of how how you prepare your tyres. Maybe he's not getting the the feel that Lewis is maybe as well. So one thing that that is apparent is that. Mercedes would would tend to set the car up for the race, so so the floor might not be in in the position it sh- it should be um, for for an ultimate one lap place, and I think that's something that, that George may be struggling with a little bit.
1: And uh, Lewis seems a lot more comfortable, and in the end, P five seemed quite disappointing as P two was certainly there for the taking, wasn't it?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, looking looking at his lap, uh, I think. I think he's lost two tenths in turn ten compared to his other laps he's, he's he's previously done. So yeah, that would have put him right up there, just what four tenths off off Verstappen. So yeah, really lost in turn ten. I'm I'm, I'm afraid to say.
1: So one of my favourite bits of the weekend, Tom, was the, the collision between Russell and Hamilton. It seemed like uh, both cars just collided um, in a way that I I haven't seen for for a very very long time. So I, I was just wondering, Tom, how do you think that happened, and and what do you think went wrong? Yeah, so I think.
0: I think it was just a communication breakdown. Maybe George is looking for for some track position, some nice space, so he can can deliver his his lap that was actually critical at the time to get through into Q three, and just completely misjudged where Lewis was. He wasn't wasn't really told where where Lewis was in, in comparison. I think he let two cars through the, the penultimate corner, uh, and then joining in on on what would be a really high speed section of track that's important that you carry the speed in to, to get that the additional run onto the onto the start finish straight to start your next lap so that then combined with Lewis then picking up the toe then George moving across to to get a toe from the Ferrari to start his lap um, made it look like he was you know letting Lewis through uh, maybe maybe Lewis then thinking that the team had told him to, to back off and let Lewis start his lap but none of that conversation happened and totally unsighted on on the left of George Lewis was there and and George moving across to the racing line just just ended up swiping him a bit unfortunate but it's the way it goes sometimes sometimes you just can't control those things
1: yeah it's definitely definitely unfortunate I was watching qualifying and I was trying to I was trying to pin if if there was someone to blame Tom who do you think it would be because from my point of view I, I don't think I could I think it was just a racing racing incident
0: yeah I think my frustration was we came out with Lewis from initial from the initial sight of it i don't think it was fair to do so my my main my main reasoning was because you know lewis was safely safely through but he doesn't necessarily know that so i i would say it's more more about the team maybe not not spacing them correctly um if i was going to blame someone actually it's just one of those things. No one, no one's fully accountable. Yeah, no
1: no one is uh, fully accountable. So moving on to the race then and on to Sunday. Before the race, what were your sort of predictions based on what you saw in practice and qualifying? It's
0: a good question. I think there were a few um, out-of-position drivers. So Norris was one of those along with um, uh, Gasly. But yeah, Gasly receiving the penalty anyway. So sort of taken out of the equation. Uh, one thing I did notice is the the Ferrari's running perhaps a little bit less downforce than than Mercedes that, uh, which actually worked out in their favour um in qualifying. Um but then is a massive negative for um degradation in the race and race pace. So they they did it did look good, but I didn't want to rush to any conclusions. Um I, I thought I'd be happy with a third place, to be honest. Um and as it panned out I was super happy <laughs> with P two and three. So yeah,
1: yeah all good. Uh, a double podium. So uh, overall, then it was a very, very strong performance in the race with Lewis finishing P2 and George P3, just like you said, Tom. But excitingly, George beat Perez's Red Bull on pure race pace despite being two places behind him at the start. So what's the explanation for that? Do you, do you think the upgrades that we saw in the race in Barcelona and the race in, in Monaco was a factor for that?
0: Yes, definitely a factor. I think one of the main things was... Uh, Russell's race start so um, just to point out because because he didn't take part in Q3 it meant that he had an extra set of uh, new soft tyres that they were able to use at the start so he got an absolutely blinding start a massive massive slingshot on Perez and then straight past Gasly and yeah that's I think that's the main point there Perez interestingly started on the mediums which a bit of an odd decision, I thought. Regardless, I don't think they would have been able to stop Russell's launch if Perez did start on the soft.
1: Why do you think it was an odd decision?
0: Thinking, looking at it logically, they're they're on the, the the clean side of the grid, which means that there's more grip there, gives them a, a better start. They they know that they're down, generally on on their their launches anyway, and I think they probably thought that they could they could outpace Mercedes in the in the race, but so they didn't they weren't too fussed about maybe um, George getting the place off the line but regardless I would have thought maybe starting on the, on the softs would have been a better decision for them for whatever reason they chose the medium. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today.
1: We saw a, a little collision between Hamilton and Norris as well, didn't we, in turn one? Yeah, one.
0: absolutely. I think Lewis is extremely lucky to get away with that one um, in terms of not picking up a puncture. I thought so, yeah. Yeah, so the, the end fence of... Norris's car dug into what is the middle of the wheel effectively rather than the sidewall and completely removing the uh, the, the, the cover that sits on Lewis's um, wheel uh, and that's extremely lucky if it had been the sidewall I think it would probably end up with a puncture there so Really lucky to get away with that one.
1: Yeah, definitely. So, so lucky. So this has been a general trend for Mercedes this year, whereby the weekend starts off looking relatively gloomy before slowly building to a surprising result on the Sunday. Is that just because getting the car in the right window is so hard? Or do you think, Tom, there's more at play here?
0: It's a bit of both, I think. They are very good at using all the tools that they have at the circuit and back at the factory to to optimise the package they have. So. That doesn't necessarily happen straight away. It might be taking in little steps, uh, improvements, and then, and then recalling that back to the sim and, and running the sim overnight and then putting the results that they have into the car um, and, then, and then going from there. But one thing they do focus on um, is race pace, so maybe sacrificing um, quality, quality pace for, for that um, race pace. I think there is more at play. I think the circuit suits Mercedes. It's, it's one that they've traditionally been good at. Nevertheless, we don't know how their new concept is going to work across the other circuit. Maybe we could see an improvement elsewhere, but we'll we'll wait and see. I do think that the the, the conditions came to them a little bit. So I know they worked hard overnight, throwing new bits at the car and and, and playing with the setup parameters to to find those extra tents. But I do think that the cooler temperatures did suit them. It wasn't wasn't too hot and wasn't too cold. It was just right in the sweet spot for, for how their car works. One important thing is that uh, an encouraging thing is that throughout the race, we saw uh, the both drivers saying that the balance was good, which is really, really, really good news. So particularly as, as a fuel load comes off and we see a range of different conditions uh, with the car uh, in terms of weight and we're not seeing too much of a, a change in the balance. And and both, ha- both drivers are happy with that, which is really, really encouraging.
1: And, uh, George seemed to think it was raining, but actually it was, uh, <laughs> it was sweat inside <laughs> his, uh, helmet, which I thought was, uh, which I thought was quite funny. And so let's just start chatting about the upgrades that we mentioned earlier. So obviously this weekend seemed like a big step forward, but is there cause for at least a little bit of caution given Mercedes' cars that typically perform well at Barcelona anyway, like you said, Tom, and at times the tyre temperatures were playing into Mercedes' hands?
0: Yeah, I think you do need to, to take it with a pinch of salt. We have to wait and see, really. The next stop is Canada, which is, um, is real limited, which will be interesting to see uh, the differences there and see See how they perform in, in maybe the slower speed corners. Uh, something I previously said, I think Lewis might struggle with with the new suspension geometry. Also, they were a little bit down in the medium speed. Maybe again something to do with the, the suspension and how uh, how the front tires are, are working in in those in those medium speed corners.
1: You mentioned Canada there, Tom. What other tracks do you think could be suited to to this W14B as we've been calling it? So any
0: circuits similar to Barcelona, so circuits like Silverstone is going to be a, a standout, I think. Any rear front-limited circuits are the, the ones that we're going to look out for. I think Silverstone, probably, uh, we, we might look for a good result there. The, the, the whole philosophy of the car might, may be completely different to, to what we've seen over these these this year and a bit.
1: What philosophies do you think we, we could see changing then in terms of the next few races and the next few months? Uh, well, it might, it might just be
0: that, that their car may now suit a rear limited circuit for example it might not be that you know we're just looking for front limited circuits now Brazil another standout one I think but again we are we are seeing some improvement in aerodynamic aerodynamic efficiency both cars are are very very good in the speed traps now uh, considering how much aero load they've got on so really encouraging stuff
1: do you think Mercedes could challenge Red Bull in the future uh, we saw an interview with uh, Rosberg, uh, the ex-Mercedes driver, challenging Horner on how quick uh, Perez is. So do you think the Mercedes could challenge a Red Bull?
0: Well, first of all, you need to consider, okay, that at the end of the race, there were 24 seconds down around that on, on Max Verstappen, Lewis anyway. And now that equates to roughly 3.5 tenths a lap. When you look at it like that, you think maybe maybe there is a chance here. But then you have to appreciate that that's three and a half tenths plus then whatever Red Bull are going to develop um, uh, on top of that. So with then having said that again, we might be looking at maybe the laws of dimin- diminishing returns. So as we approach what's possible in physics, the the steps that Red Bull are going to take are going to be smaller and smaller, whereas you know Mercedes are going to be bigger at the moment. So, yeah, I think...
1: Is that down to the budget you know, cap, do you think? Uh no, just from a
0: well, from both, from from a physics standpoint, you, there's only there's only so fast the car can go around a track, and then from a from a budget cap point of view, yes, that's going to be a bit more tricky because uh, Mercedes maybe have used a little bit more of that resource um, to just to turn around their season. But but we have to bear in mind that this is all this is all building. For the, for the following season so 2024 and it's all about the, the progression we make here and, and how Mercedes learns from these small steps and, and they're able to to incorporate it into next year's car but then the rules aren't changing massively so we're gonna we're gonna see a point where it's just not possible to go any faster it is looking good
1: and that's when the new reg changes come in in 2026 but in terms of Barcelona Tom who do you which driver do you think left a happier man.
0: I think Lewis probably. I think that these upgrades have, have allowed him to exploit some of his attributes in braking um, and in, in corner entry. So I think he's more comfortable. He's. I think maybe the old car sort of suppressed where he was good, if that makes sense. So yeah. So so it's not a case of of George maybe struggling a little bit. It's more of a case that Lewis is now taking a, a, a bigger step forward. Maybe um but yeah again we have to we have to see because it's all, all drivers prefer different tracks and and some tracks suit their styles and other tracks suit other driver styles so yeah it's 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 to be taken with a pinch of salt really
1: a powers
0: the world's best podcasts here's a show that we recommend wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts
1: everywhere. ACAST.com And also, what Tom, what a a fantastic drive from George. Uh, Absolutely storming up the field, didn't he?
0: Yeah, superb drive through the field. Seeing some nice race pace and some good management as well. Uh, Management side is is normally something that George is maybe a little bit weaker on, but yeah, we saw he was up there with Lewis in terms of management. Maybe slightly off in terms of pace, but but yeah, he's he's getting there.
1: Do you think he's a future world champion? Absolutely. <laughs> you said that with a smile on your face.
0: Yeah, definitely. <laughs> it won't be long until he's he's alongside Lewis, if not ahead. If I'm honest. Uh, as as Lewis sort of matures and and his his raw speed slightly runs away, I think Lewis is probably past his peak. But who knows? We could see him step up again. Uh, in the future
1: I hope we do and uh, in, in terms of stepping up again Lewis did say over the weekend that he's going to have contract negotiations with Toto
0: surely it's done and dusted he can't go anywhere else surely now uh, you can see good progress from, from Mercedes and, and and where they're, they're aiming to be he would be daft to go anywhere else to be honest I think yeah it's, it's a done deal now surely
1: and in terms of development angles Tom how do you think Mercedes could catch up to, to the Red Bulls of this world as we've seen for Monaco, that their, their
0: floor isn't as complex as Red Bull's floor. So, what they're going to be doing is, is looking to enhance how their floor is working. So, I think we touched on it before that the floor is the most important part of the car, especially with this regulation set. In order to give them more efficient aero, so they can they can run more downforce with a, with a higher top speed, and that's something that they're going to focus on. Um, I think more than more than most parts of the car. Also, maybe looking at the DRS. I think they said they're they're making sh- strides into catching up with the DRS efficiency of Red Bull or certainly knowing what they're up to at least in order to, to achieve that those are the sort of directions I think they're, they're going to be looking at
1: Again Tom thank you so much uh, for coming onto the Sil- Silver Silvares podcast it's always a pleasure
0: Yeah my pleasure Bev. thank you
1: And that's all we have time for this week. A massive thank you for Tom for joining us. And thanks to you for listening. Do remember to follow us on Twitter at Merck F1 Pod and hit that follow button in your podcast app. If you're enjoying these episodes and feeling extra kind, drop us a review and share this episode with anybody who you think may enjoy it. We'll see you soon.